All right, welcome to the first installment of my living memoir. It's alive! Um, this is going to be a different thing than you probably are expecting. Uh, I uh, identify as being on the spectrum. I identify as being dyslexic. I've written stories before, but I the idea of like framing them out and planning them out and outlining them and all this stuff doesn't work for me. I can't ever like think about a format or an outline while I'm doing something. I can't do two things at once like that. So my thing is like, I just tell the story and then keep telling it and tell it again. And that's how I learn how to tell it better. Uh, I'm not going to edit this. So there might, you know, it is what it is. I'm just going to keep going. This is a story that might be a little off putting as, as it has some, uh, it's a little, uh, I, I, there's a little, you could say body shaming to a certain degree in terms of, uh, but in terms of, there is some body shaming in the topic, but not, not personally, but I want you to keep in mind, I was like 19 and it was like 1989 or 87 or somewhere in there. And I was like, I was a teen. I didn't know shit. Um, and I do think the overall story is about honoring and rewarding uh, the people mentioned, not really shaming them. But their body size does play into the story and slightly to the humor. Uh, there's a little reference of making fun, but but it's. I hope you see it's in good faith. Uh, I don't want to censor myself. I don't believe, you know, I, I don't believe in body shaming of any kind. I've struggled with my, my own for years. Uh, I was, I had, uh, I was, I, there's one time when I weighed about 156, which is about 80 pounds lo lower than I am now. And I'm like stocky. I'm a more of a bear shape of a, you know, a bit more of a bear shape of a man. Um, but I, I was, I guess I was too skinny and I, and I had my own eating problems and disorders as a boy. Um, so, you know, there's, there's reasons for the story and there's some healing in it. All right. So we call this story, this is a story that takes place at an overnight camp in the Poconos. I'm going to try to keep away names and places so people don't get angry at me. Uh, but this story takes place at a camp, um, and I'm going to go on tangents. I'm going to, I'm, right now I'm going on a tangent about going on tangents. So you're going to see where this goes, do my best. But I just got to keep going. This is, you know, telling stories, sharing. It's supposed to be fun. I don't want to be critical of myself. I don't want to fix everything. I want to do it. But I'll, I'll keep talking. I do. I will try, try my best to come back from tangents. Sometimes I don't have control, but I'll, I'll work it out. This story will take about seven, eight minutes, maybe lower or less. Um, and it's a story that takes place, again, around 1987 at a Jewish overnight camp in the Poconos. Um, that if you're there, you know who you are. Uh, anyway, so, okay, so let's start, this story needs a bit of background. Before I can tell the story, I need to give a little background on why, who I was at the time and what was going on. I'm going to drink a little coffee right now. All right, so, I, you know, I've never quite fit in, I, I don't, I, I consider myself straight, but gender non-conforming. Because I'd never fit into like male in terms of interest, in terms of, you know, I didn't, I, I still don't know really anything about sports. Um, 
I, I just never did. You know, I was in the show. I was like in the show tunes. Uh, I was sensitive. I was into art. I, I was really, you know, could go into like what's called a Tom girl, uh, which I don't know why they named it doesn't exist. I'm starting it here. It's mine. You use it. You got to pay me. So Tom girl, this is what I was. Oh, this is what I was. Uh, you know, uh, all right. Let me turn my alarm off. Okay. So that being said, I was not a fan of sports. I was forced. I, I played a lot of sports as a kid. My father's a good guy. But, you know, he, they, my father and grandfather were really big sports people. They took me to all kinds. I took the Flyers a bunch as a kid. And I just was bored and I didn't like it, you know. But I think they really wanted a really good sports kid. And I was not the sports kid, unfortunately. Uh, I'll tell you a quick segue story, um, which, is again, is the buildup. So I remember being, I don't know, it must have been 12, 13. And I remember there was a commercial for glasses. It was Bausch & Lomb or whoever the hell made glasses in the 80s. And it was like, you know, it was three little segments. It was a kid uh, in the back of the room with an F paper looking sad. The next little scene you know, is a bit of a montage. The next little scene is like, I don't know, like a, a girl, uh, gymnastics and she falls. And then the third one is like, I think a, I imagine it, a, a boy playing baseball and missing and looking sad. And then you see the same three scenes, but they're all with glasses and they're all doing really well. So like, you know, the kid catches the ball, girl gets an A, uh, gymnastics thing is cool and they flip and it's all awesome. So I was hoping, I didn't have glasses, I couldn't see very well and I was hoping that my glasses would do all this. So, uh, you know, get my glasses and I'm like, cool, I'm psyched. And I'm like, you know, I don't love sports, but you know, if I can catch a ball, it might be more fun. So first time I go to play with my glasses, I tried to convince everybody that I was ready for center field or left field, but they did not agree with that my glasses theory was going to work, so they still had to be in right field. So I go, um, you know, and of course there's always that one really good player that will hit to right field knowing that person is going to, like, drop it. So I'm like, you know, I, I see it, it's coming up, fly ball, I'm like, here we go, man, my glasses, I'm ready. Fuck you guy who thought I was going to miss it, I'm going to get it. I go to catch it, right? It's literally like slips my glove by three inches, hits me in my glasses, and I get knocked out cold. And I was I was on the ground. And, you know, at the time, it was probably upsetting, but it's a funny fucking story looking back. This is how I feel about sports. I'm not into competition. I don't like competition in general, um, unless it's like shared. Like, so, you know, for sports, if the whole team competes, great. But when it's like three people doing all this stuff, I don't want to be part of that. Um, and I don't know how healthy competition is, in, in, to be honest. I don't, I don't love this idea that there has to be one winner and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. So, not into competition. Um, and not into gendered competition, even though I had no, I had no couldn't really talk about it at the time. I had no, no language to really express that, but I just didn't love that, like, the boys had to do sports and the girls did the other stuff that wasn't sports and arts, and I was, you know, I wanted to do all the girl stuff, essentially. I wanted to go to arts. I would have loved to have just been in arts and crafts all day and, you know, been singing and whatever it is, like music. I would have loved that all day. So, all right, here we go. So, um, this is a sorry story. I call this story the Gut Busters, which just hopefully gives you an idea that this might be a little inappropriate. Um, so, you know, when I was at camp, at the time, uh, they just gave you, like, you know, they just, they just gave you stuff to do. They didn't, like, ask you, they didn't try to match you with what you were good at, 
they're just like, okay, we have leagues and discounts or discounts or discounts. Or later in that camp, they changed it so people would actually choose what they wanted to do, which made them better employees. At the time, we weren't there yet. So they just would make you a sports coach. And I just didn't, I didn't care at all about being a sports coach. I just was like, oh man, this sucks. And... You know, I, I I'm I was I really I was I was very good friends with my, I had a I had a core group of three or four, you know, friends at camp and they were all in the sports and they were good guys. Like, I'm I'm gonna be a little critical of of the culture then, but I also understand that they were just really into sports and really trying to do their best. And so what happened was they decided to do a draft, which you know again could be exciting for for the camp and for some of the kids, but you're still like. I don't love things that point out the good kids, you know, get picked early and the rest of the kids got to sit there and be, feel bad. I mean, I think that's the problem I have with, like, that public picking is that, you know, the good kids that are really good get all the praise. But, like, if you got 20 kids and three of them got praise and 17 don't, you're just setting up 17 kids to feel like shit. And I'm just not into that. Um, another thing that was, you know... That was kind of tricky is it also meant you you know all the sports captains went to games and would like pick out kids and it's another again another time of like you're good you're good i don't want to talk to you you're you know and it, it's just it's not great i mean i understand it i just don't i'm not into it um it's just like public embarrassment and because i also was always picked last because i sucked at sports i i felt it heavier than maybe other people did you know, if you were okay at sports, you would get picked maybe third or fourth or fifth. That's fine. But when you get picked ninth, ninth, or like, or like the last, you know, you're the last person and no one's claiming you, it, it can it can rest on your it can rest on your uh, your soul, and not in the best ways. So I'm like, okay, this I got I got, and I knew I had to go against it. I I for better or worse, I never feel like I felt like I really fought for myself or spoke up for myself as a kid or as a team. But I was subversive as fuck. I was very subversive. I didn't even know it. So I was like, okay, how do I fuck with this? So I'm pretty good at systems, understanding how to exploit them. So basically, like, the um, the way the leagues worked is the first event was this big fun event, Tug of War. And if you won Tug of War, you won, if you could win, if you could come first place in Tug of War, you would get, like, seven wins. And you only needed about 11 to win league. So if you got Tug of War... And you at least won two more games, you would win the season. Um, the other piece of it is the the big the big uh, the, there's a big party when you win leagues, and it's 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 like um, it's pizza and ice cream, but it's not it's not like camp pizza and ice cream. It's like outside camp. It's real pizza and ice cream. So I'm thinking, okay, hmm. Why? I don't even know if I was really aware of this decision, but I'm like, okay, I need kids that can win tug of war and i and and the motivator is ice cream and pizza and if you can see where this is going i'm like let me pick the largest kids at camp because also you know even though again some could see that as exploitative they i was only counselor going up to these kids and saying oh you're really good what's your name you know uh hey you like kid that's you know it's so out of shape he's laying down on the ground, hey, what's your, I want you, buddy, you know, so, uh, and I, I think it was very apparent to the team of the, of the commonality and all of them, and I just kind of had to own it, because, I, I don't know, like, I didn't, they knew, it was, they knew I had picked every large kid at camp, they were the largest kids at camp, and they knew it, 
So I'm like, let's just let's just fucking name it. So we were called the Gutbusters, and this is the part I feel bad about is I had some chance. Um, I had some chance we did, and one it was to the tune of you know Ghostbusters, and uh, the one line I felt bad about uh, having them repeatedly call back to me for like I don't know probably uh, the entire season was um, who you gonna call Gutbusters? We ain't afraid of no food. That part, I don't, I'm not happy about. There are some other lines that were probably in the same vein, but that's the one that feels a little fat shaming, in my opinion. Uh, I just didn't, I was very mainstream. I didn't get it. Uh, I was a reform fat kid myself, and I was trying to help the other so called fat kids. Um, But again, this is not, this is, this is not what I would do now. This is not what I understand now. But at the time, and I don't even like telling it like this, but I, I, I can't, I really can't shift the language. It won't work. So we get a tug of war and we win. Oh, we won. It was great. Again, you know, hey, like one side you could say is you made fun of these kids kind of in the name of the song and the chants. Or you could say you just honored these kids. Those kids never won anything. I mean, not, not like, well, I mean, most of those kids, because of sports-wise, individually were not big winners. I mean, some of them, you know, could hit could hit a little bit, whatever. But they were not, like, winning. They were not individually winning a lot of sports. Uh, and they started to. So, like, you know, the, some of the tough parts were, like, basketball was hard because it was always just, like, the other team running across, our team, like, dragging back, and just basically the whole team of mine just kind of ran in the middle of the court back and forth because the other team just kept going past them. And it was pretty pretty tough to watch. And, like, you know, you'd have a score of, like, literally 98 to, like, I don't even know if you can do one point in basketball, but one. Maybe there's a foul and you got a shot. That was Maybe you got three points because the other kids hit, <laughs> hit your kids. But they weren't doing well. But the one, the one sport we did get down was fucking kickball because those kids were strong. They could kick. So, like, that was what saved us. So, yeah, at the end of the day, we won enough games to win the season. And we had a pizza party. Um, and, you know, and I just, and, and, and I, you know, and I, and I, again, I feel like this was me kind of acting out against this, like, norm of gender and the system of, like, you know, we only pick the good kids and the rest of the kids don't play. And even when we played our games, like, I was, when I was a coach, every kid played the same amount. I mean, again, once in a blue moon, when you really had to win, you'd throw an extra kid in there to, you know, maybe he was better. But, like, generally every kid played because, that's, that's, you don't want to, again, I never wanted to make any kid feel bad and, and, and left out. So that is my story of Gutbusters. Um, I have thought about making it into a, you know, kind of like a Mighty Ducks type movie at some point. So if you got some Hollywood money, it's a good story. I really do. It's, a, you know, it's, it's in the 80s. It's, it's retro. It's, you know, nostalgic. So thank you. That was my story. And anybody who went to my camp uh, will know that this happened. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite stories. Um as well as being hit by a baseball and getting knocked out. So there's two. There's many stories. I'm going to keep doing this uh, the same way. I wish I had time to structure and to... I've taken storytelling classes, and it's like this beat and that beat. And like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep telling these over and over again, and they'll get better. But I have no... Because of being dyslexic and because of how my brain works, I, I have to process a ton of information naturally and then I can put it out but I if I'm like writing an outline I can't it doesn't even work so thank you for listening this is story one gutbusters of the rich wexler living 
memoir. 